All right, I'm just going to take a quick minute here and invite my higher power in to direct my words and my thoughts and my actions. <sighs> Thy will not mine be done. My name is Sherry and I am uh, gratefully recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body of compulsive overeating. I want to thank Andy for asking me to speak today. And um, yeah, we had it on the books for a few weeks here. And I'm uh, so grateful for the opportunity to be of service. And, um, you know, just a couple things that stood out to me. I love this. I love going to new meetings. And um, please speak up into the mic. Hang on. Let me see if I can turn my volume up. Does this help anybody hear me better? Okay, great, thank you. Um, commitment to abstinence, I love this. Um, you know, my commitment to abstinence from compulsive overeating is the most important thing in my life. Um, and then it says, uh, everything else depends on this and I just need to do this with certainty that I can abstain. And my experience has been that, um, well, I came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous about 16 and a half years ago. And I thought I could keep myself abstinent and that I was doing it. And that if I could gel, you know, I was muscling through meal to meal to meal. And what I have found out is I do not have the ability to keep myself abstinent because I have found out the nature of my disease, um, which is specified in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So I, um, I can already tell this share is going to be all over the board. Okay, I'm going to start from the beginning and work my way up. So I like to do kind of in order. It keeps me focused. I started compulsively overeating at the age of eight. Um, I grew up in a traumatic uh, environment uh, with just, you know, abandonment, nobody there. Moved into 13 different houses by the time I graduated high school, no stability, a lot of abuse and things like that. And these are all the things that I kept as a reason for me, you know, going back to the food for comfort. And I really thought that that was why I was eating. Um, okay, so then I found other substances that helped me with the compulsive overeating, like drugs, when I was 15 and 16 years old. And I used that to maintain my weight until I got sober when I was 33 years old. And when I got sober and put the drugs down, I immediately gained six sizes in, in less than six months um, because I'm a big volume, nonstop eater, driving through three fast food restaurants at a time, stuffing my face, um, eating with my hands, eating out of the garbage, uh, single, couldn't, I, I, there's no time to have an intimate relationship with anybody because it was all about numbing out to life. And then what happened is I got sober, gained all that weight and became suicidal. And somebody suggested I go to the HAL program and that's where I started my journey about 16 and a half years ago. And so, uh, you know, they told me how to eat three meals, nothing in between. <clears throat> and, um, and still I thought I was somehow controlling the situation with the food. Even though I was completely surrendered with alcohol and drugs and realized that I was powerless and there was a power greater than me and that following the instructions of the big book kept me totally free and recovered in AA, I didn't know that um, I could apply the same method to this disease. 
And I didn't, I just didn't think it transferred. I didn't think the food was as serious as the other substances. And so when I would go to big book OA meetings, um, originally I was, I'm from Los Angeles and that's where I got abstinent and Santa Monica area. And uh, I would go to meetings, but I, the big book didn't apply to it. And I thought if I just had the perfect food plan and if I was just maintaining weight loss and if it was getting better then, that was always my thing. Well, it's better than it used to be. So therefore I must be recovering somehow. Um, these were all ideas that I would have. And so, you know, maybe I was keeping the weight off somewhat, but every two to three days I would be compulsively eating, but it wasn't a sheet cake and it wasn't a large pizza. I switched substances to um, sugar-free items and sprouted wheat and Ezekiel. And, um, and I thought I was controlling the situation still and managing well. I was managing well because it didn't look like it used to look, but yet it wasn't free at all. Because the food thoughts and the, um, like it says in this page, you know, this was me, this page that I read today, from four today was me in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous for 14 years. I would come into the meetings and I would say, I'm just gonna love myself through this. I ate some, I ate a bag of skinny popcorn, but I'm just gonna love myself through it um, because the disease wants me to hate myself. And so self-love will be the answer to this. And that will help me. And then I would say, well, you know, it wasn't a sheet cake or I'm 90% sober with food. You know, I'm 90% of the time I eat healthy, but I have that 10%. And don't you know, it's because I'm also in the, the beverage program. So I have to eat because those people eat. And, you know, I'm just, I'm sharing all this because um, I thought I didn't know there was another way. It makes, it brings tears to my eyes. I did not know that someone could actually be free from something that ruled my life, my entire life, from the time I was seven until just almost, uh, almost three, in November it'll be three years of me being free. But that's a long time in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous suffering and thinking I was getting better, but actually I was getting sicker and sicker. And why was I getting sicker? Because I have a spiritual malady and there was only one solution um, to my problem of being a real compulsive overeater. So what does that mean that I'm a real compulsive overeater? I didn't know I was a real compulsive overeater. I thought I was a foodie. And I really liked food and, um, and that my life circumstances dictated why I was eating. And I didn't get that there's a whole chapter in here and um, it's called doctor's opinion in the big book. And what happened for me is that I was getting sicker in the rooms. It, it became to the point, it was almost like the more healthy eating I was doing the more methods I was finding to substitute, the sicker I was getting. And then it became to the point where because I was just loving myself through it, you know, I would be eating a, you know, gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan muffin in the car, taking an outreach call from another fellow walking into an OA meeting, not being able to 
equate that the eating the food is the is my problem. I just didn't get it. There was a disconnect. And prior to me finding the solution, I was saying all the prayers and I was everything was rote. I was just doing all the tools, um, calling my fellows, reading the steps, memorizing the prayers, saying I was doing the third step, doing the fourth step, you know, doing all the steps, making the amends, but it was all from my neck up. It, it just, it didn't register that, um, that this would be a way of life. And so what happened for me after I just, uh, we moved is what happened. We moved away from Santa Monica and I was no longer able to go to meetings as often. And I found a phone meeting called A Vision For You. And I found this meeting and um, to my surprise, they were talking about the big book and how it related to food. And even though all the years prior, you know, 16 years prior, I thought, who are these people? OA can't take my book. I'm an AA. I mean, I just had so much pride and ego and judgment. I, I couldn't get it. But that day when I listened to the message, what I was hearing was these people were not talking about life circumstances. And this was this was right before, like three months before the pandemic that I got recovered. Um, they were talking about living a life beyond their wildest dreams that didn't have anything to do with food. And it had to do with peace of mind and serenity and being free. And they talked about this, they said they were recovered. And I thought, that's crazy. That's taboo. You can't say you're recovered. And so I had a lot of judgment. And then I kept listening, I kept listening, and, I, and we read one paragraph a day in the meetings. And what, what really came off the page was that everything they were sharing was in this book. And I thought I knew this book and I didn't know this book. And so there's a chapter called The Doctor's Opinion. And at the top of this page, this is, a, this is my saving grace um, that I, I really understand this chapter now. And this chapter is telling me that I can't stop from starting and I can't stop once I've started. I have a body that won't let me eat normally ever. And I have a mind that keeps telling me that I can. And it's the vicious cycle that I'll never be able to get free of because my mind and body are broken when it comes to food and body. And that there is only one uh, solution to my problem and it says here that this man, you know, these, this man and over 100 others seem to have recovered. So it's talking about actually living in a recovered state. And it's talking about, um, you know, here, it, what, what joins me with my fellows as another compulsive overeater is we have one thing in common. And, there, and also I learned that a lot of people I was getting information from in the rooms and God bless everybody who wants to come here with a desire to stop eating, that's great. But not everybody in Overeaters Anonymous is a real compulsive overeater. So I would try to adopt other people's food plans. Like people would say they could eat sugar and they can eat flour and they can moderate and they can do this and they don't restrict. And I tried all this for years and years and years and kept going back to the food. And I didn't get that they weren't like me. Um, and so my situation is that I lose control when I start eating certain substances, and that's what qualifies me as a compulsive overeater. That's the only question that needs to matter. It doesn't matter what, what foods we eat. It doesn't matter uh, what our body weight is. What qualifies me as a real compulsive eater is, do I lose control 
one size start? And the answer is yes. There are certain foods that I eat that I cannot control what's gonna to happen to me once I ingest it. But also there's low level ingredients that I was ingesting that always cause the mental obsession to come back. And then I would always pick up, hence the once a week, once every two weeks, picking up healthier versions of what I can't have. So when someone took me through the doctor's opinion, I realized that it didn't matter how many times I did the steps. At this point, when I was desperate and dying, and I thought, I can't go on like this. I had just gotten married, and I thought that was the solution. It was because I was living single and I was eating. So once I lived with someone, then it would get better, and it just got worse, and I gained all this weight. And uh, this was in the end of 2018. And I became suicidal, and I looked at my life for the next 50 years, and I said, I don't want to live like this. Um, I have been living as a slave to food, to a substance my entire life. And I don't see any way out. And that's when I found a vision for you. And from there, um, you know, again, I'm a hard nut to crack. So it took five sponsors and it was the fifth sponsor. Um, and I'll tell you why is because I have a whole head full of knowledge and the more knowledge I had and the more steps and the more herb K workshops and the more this and the more that, I thought I could treat the problem and that I had all the, and because I was in Al, Al Anon was my problem and adult children alcoholic was my problem and therapy and EMDR therapy, all these other things were going to happen. And it says here in the doctor's opinion that um, I'm the type whom other methods had failed completely. And so when that fifth sponsor basically cut me off, as I was calling her, begging her for help. And then of course, then they start saying what they want you to do. And then I start defending, you know, you know, well, I've done this. And, and so she cut me off and said, and this was November 3rd of 2019, has anything you've ever done gotten you recovered? And um, that cut through something inside of me where I no longer had an answer. And I said, no, nothing, my whole life, because half measures availed me nothing. And the result was always nil because I was never free. And even, even saying that I was free for a year is not free because I'm not free that in that moment, am I? So I'm not free. These short bouts of abstinence I was calling were not freedom at all. It was a temporary plug in a jug, but it wasn't freedom. And so from that moment on, I became willing to say, take all my food, take everything, just tell me what to do. I'm out of ideas, I'll sit on my hands. When we read the big book, I, answer, I, I will not offer any information from here. I'm gonna be willing to be changed and have a brand new experience. And I've been recovered ever since. And what does that mean to be recovered? It means that I- Five minutes. Thank you so much. It means that um, I have found no life circumstance, not even my childhood, there's just nothing. There's nothing in my life, including the entire pandemic, my husband retiring, my husband getting cancer, us moving out of state, me losing a job, me starting a job. Did it, I mean, I, I, we've, I, we've gone to three different funerals in the past two months. I've lost my AA sponsor of 18 years. I mean, there has been life after life after life after life and I gotta tell you, there is a way out and that food is no longer, it, it never even came to mind. Like, oh, food would make this better. 
it's because I'm living in a state of neutrality and that the problem, this problem that I've lived with my entire life has been completely removed from me. And all I had to do was say, take it, take all of me, God, and do with me what you will, like really take all of me. So I would say the third step prayer prior to this November 3rd of 2019, I would say, I offer myself to you, God, but really I don't trust you because food would make this situation better for me and then I'll be able to get through and then I kind of trust you, God, with the rest of it. But for right now, you can't provide comfort, God. So I'm gonna go take a bite of something and then I'll be able to get through this. And this will give me the courage that I need. And, um, and isn't that a loving thing to do? Because I've just worked eight hours today and you know that relief at the end of the day. And all of these other reasons why I used to eat, it just doesn't even come to mind because I live this way and I do the steps all day long. And I got recovered and um, from that moment is my recovered date, but it, you know, it took two months to go through the steps to start working with others rapidly and to be fully surrendered. So I would say that um, this living in a state of grace and freedom uh, is the biggest gift of my life. And I used to always say to, you know, that word, why, you know, like, why is this happening? Why, why, why? Why always led me back to the food. Um, but now I say, thank you so much that I'm a real compulsive overeater and that I know that I have a disease. I did not believe, you, I might've said I'm powerless over food, but I didn't believe that it was deadly and permanent and progressive and fatal like I do today. And actually what ended up happening when I got recovered is that all these tools and calls and sponsoring, and the, I, they weren't like a checking off of a box. It became joy. I wanna do these things because um, nothing has brought me greater freedom than doing the steps as outlined in the big book. And there is no easier, softer way. This is the easier, softer way. And it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a proven method that works. I can tell you, I watch people get recovered in a recovered state of mind, body, and spirit, like daily. Daily, the miracle is happening. And this is what the formula was that I didn't know. Entire abstinence is the prerequisite to the steps even working. The steps don't work. None of the steps really work to get free unless I'm entirely abstinent. And I didn't get that. And what is entire abstinent? What, is, what are the foods I'm going to for comfort? When those foods aren't available, what am I substituting? What am I right now negotiating over in my head? Like I can never get rid of this food. That's crazy. I need this for health reasons or da 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 all these other things. All the foods that are coming into my mind are my alcoholic foods that I have to be in, I'm entirely abstinent from. And it really isn't, it was like nothing. The thing that I thought that I would die from giving up some of these items, um, actually it wasn't hard at all. Everything in the spiritual world is like opposite. So once I said, take it all, you know, the higher, the higher power that's needed for the solution to my problem, I have a spiritual solution, only God can help me, but God will not help me until I give God both hands. So if I have one hand in God's hand, 
and another hand in a bag, in a thing, in a bite, in a, in a thinking about food. God doesn't come in and remove, remove it. But once I said, take it, I'll do whatever. I'm out of ideas. I'm out of ideas. My higher power was waiting in the corner. To My higher power, someone said, is a gentleman and just waits for your total surrender. And then swoops in and completely takes over my life. And um, that is my primary source of freedom. And, uh, and it is astonishing that I even talk this way or think this way. And I get that the time is up because I'm someone that came in not being able to trust one human being, not being able to trust a higher power, having so much self-will run riot that I just couldn't believe that I'd be in a surrendered state. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share. And um, yeah, I can't wait to hear from all of you. Thank you so much. This has helped me to stay recovered today. I hope it helps someone else, but if it didn't, I get to stay recovered today. And that's a gratitude I could never repay. Thank you.